Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast series. I'm Kate Gamble, Managing Editor. Today I'm speaking with Luke Olinowski, SVP and CIO at Mainline Health, about what it was like to transition to a new organization and industry in the midst of the pandemic, how his team was leveraging rounding and patient stories to keep people connected to the mission, and why he believes we all need to get a little bit uncomfortable. To start, can you just give um, some really high-level information about Mainline Health, which you guys have in terms of hospitals, where you're located, things like that? Yeah, no, sure. So Mainline Health is a community system in the western kind of suburbs of Philadelphia. You know, I would say six hospital system when you include both kind of rehab and our treatment center, a bunch of ambulatory locations as well, probably around 1,400 licensed beds and has been serving the Philadelphia community for anywhere from, you know, probably around 30 to 35 years. Okay. All right. So you um, joined the organization in June of 2020. So sure, that, that yeah. struck me <laughs> and yeah, it was your no. first healthcare. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I spent about almost 20 years in financial services, IT before jumping into healthcare. So jumped into healthcare June of 2020 in the middle of a pandemic would absolutely do it again. It was a fantastic time to kind of yeah. do so. And I think the big draw for me was opportunity to go from one mission-driven organization like Vanguard to another mission-driven organization like Mainline. And yeah. my tongue-in-cheek anecdotal saying is I've worked for two great companies and never really had to apologize for working for either, right? You know, I think yeah. it's not to say that we get everything right. There are mm-hmm. certainly things that we get wrong and we make mistakes, but I think from a mission and impact and serving the community, I've never, never had to apologize for working both in Mainline or for Vanguard. Yeah, it's always a good thing. <laughs> and so June 2020, we're seeing a, a digital revolution in healthcare. So uh, was that one of the drivers to just see kind of what the industry and your organization could do? Honestly, the first thing was not to steal a healthcare phrase, but the first thing was to do no harm, right? Mm-hmm. I came in in June of 2020, and it was probably three months into the pandemic. I think IT organizations across industries showed up fantastic during COVID, right? We got people home. We did a tremendous amount of things in that first six months. So coming on board, the first thing was just make sure that things stay going, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the shock for me coming into healthcare was this was an industry on the front line of the pandemic, literally, right? This was not just an organization that was trying to figure out how to work from home or to do something like that, not to trivialize the impact there for others. But this was an industry and a sector that was literally on the front line. So first thing for me was getting to know the people, getting to know the systems, getting to know the environment. And then to your point, try to capitalize on some of the momentum from COVID as it pertains to digital transformation. Yeah. So how how did you go about doing that just as far as, you know, getting to know the people, the organization. Sure. It, it was it was an unintended benefit in healthcare. Not everyone was home, right? Mm-hmm. So going out to the hospitals, going out to the outpatient sites, we had a lot of people in the office and it was actually really advantageous to me to kind of get out there and to meet people. I am blessed mm-hmm. to have an incredibly strong partnership with our chief medical informatics officer, mm-hmm. as well as other key leaders in the organization. And uh, to your comment earlier around digital health and digital transformation, I have a couple of partners in crime, and one of them is our um, chief strategy officer 
and I'm probably shortchanging her title. She's in charge of strategy, digital marketing, government affairs, and yeah. is a co-chair for our digital health steering group. And that digital health steer has kind of really three key work streams. One is the consumer side. Mm-hmm. The second is clinical care. The third is business process and automation. Mm-hmm. And then what I'm really excited about, what we've started to layer in almost as a horizontal across those three work streams is our equity focus. So now mm-hmm. we're trying to take a look at equity across both the consumer side, the care side, and then also on our internal business process automation side as well. Yeah. That's really interesting. And so the digital steering group that has other representation from around the organization. Yeah. I mean, candidly, one of the biggest challenges has been everyone wants to be a part of it and it touches Mm -hmm. so many pieces. Like how do you keep it to the right size where it's small enough, where you feel like it's a decision-making body, where you can have those really strong debates, but also be inclusive at the same time. So we've actually formed a digital health subcommittee, which is kind of also helps to bring together recommendations to take to the steering group, because we're trying to find that balance of so many people are impacted by digital, Mm -hmm. but we also want to keep the steering group to be more than just a a weather report, which has been a, you know, kind of key area of uh, focus for us. But I I do feel like we've got the right clinical representation. We have our senior leadership from HR there and finance. So I think we've done a nice job threading the needle just in terms of making sure that it's um, inclusive enough, but also nimble enough to make decisions as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's always always the challenge. It's, it's a tough challenge. It's a tough challenge, yeah. yeah. And with something like digital technologies, the why is a pretty easy one. You know, it's, it's making the experience better for patients, for providers, but there's also, uh, you really need to be cognizant of how it can affect workflows and things like that. So how's that something that you uh, kind of look at? Sure. And I will say one of the big things jumping from financial services where we did not have any sort of bricks and mortar to jumping into healthcare. One of the big things on the digital side was really making sure that we think about the end-to-end process, right? Mm -hmm. So it might be great for patients, but what's the impact to our clinicians? Mm -hmm. Or it might be great for the clinicians, what's the impact and how do we think about the uh, payers, right? Mm -hmm. So even something like um, SMS text messaging, We've been trying to think about, well, how do we make sure that we have the right engagement on the patient side because they love it? And then how do we also make sure that we partner with our operational leaders to make sure that they also have a good experience? It's effective. It's productive. That's also been a key area of focus for us as well. Yeah. I think one of the examples I'd heard a little while ago was open scheduling. I mean, that that's yeah. a slam dunk for patients, but <laughs> right. it also affects a lot of other people. Right. You know, and and I think the cliche is think about how you book your airplane tickets or, you know, like your restaurants, but doesn't mean it's always quite as straightforward. And we also want to make sure that we provide an omni-channel experience, right? We want to make sure that we're thinking about all the constituents within our patient groups and making sure that we've got the right opportunities for everybody, whether it's online, on the phone, through text. And then we also know that families get involved mm-hmm. in these conversations as well. So really trying to make sure that we're that, that omni-channel provider of choice for our community. Yeah. So when you did come in and jumped in during a, obviously a very, very yeah. hectic time, were there aspects of the role that were more difficult than others, or where you had to kind of reach out to other people just because healthcare is so different? Sure. You know, I would say 
The easy piece was the technology for the most part. If you follow the standard 80-20 rule, mm-hmm. 80% of the technology applied, whether it was email, collaboration, HR systems, finance systems, it was that 20%. And that's where I think, you know, probably two or three things, that strong partnership mm-hmm. with our CMIO, and then any CIO, you want to get out to the front line. I will never forget, it was January, 2021. And I went to one of our medical centers, Lankanal Medical Center, which is right outside of Philadelphia. And I mm-hmm. spent a day and a half just following people around in the hospital, putting the bunny suit on, going to the cath lab, mm-hmm. following around kind of the hospitalists, talking to the residents, talking to the nurse managers. So I, I would always encourage any CIO to really make sure that they're getting out there to the front line, even yeah. if you already know it, right? Because that's also where you draw a little bit of energy. I think especially within healthcare and for those that are kind of new to healthcare that have joined mainline, that's one of the things that I always recommend that they do. It's a little bit cliche. It's a little bit cheeky, but I'm like, it is brain surgery sometimes. And like, Mm -hmm. we are truly impacting people's lives. So I always recommend that they get out there to the front line. Yeah. And um, as far as being from different industry, was it received a certain way or do people kind of not really as concerned about that as much as like who you are? Yeah, you know, I would say, again, kind of to use a similar thing, like 80, 20% positive, right? I think people were interested in the ideas. And I think regardless of whether you're coming from a new industry or even inside the same industry, but a different company, mm-hmm. it's always really important to listen. Yeah. Even if you have an idea of where you want to go or a change that you're looking to implement, it's always important to listen. It's always important for people to feel heard. And it's always important to understand kind of where things are, whether it's an area of strength or whether it's a potential opportunity, you know, like I think we can all kind of come in and rush to judgment. And I got some really good advice from our CEO to take that time to listen and kind of his words were like, Luke, even if you have an idea of where you want to go, it's really important to understand kind of how you got to where you are so that when you think about change, you have that perspective with you. Yeah. Yeah. So really the attitude is much more important than having come from, like you said, a different industry or organization. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, 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 you know, that's something that I learned in my 20 years before coming into mainline, I spent time in, you know, website development, cybersecurity, IT operations, research and development. Mm -hmm. And even inside the same organization, just kind of moving around within teams, you don't get that full appreciation until you're on their side of the curtain. So I think just taking that time to understand. And Kate, one thing that I've seen, we've had a lot of success with people with a clinical background coming into the IT organization, whether it's in our clinical informatics team, whether it's in our Epic team and the business knowledge and the business credibility that they bring with them has been absolutely valuable. But we consistently hear, oh, wow, I didn't know that IT did X, Y, and Z. So I think um, even just within an organization, you know, even moving within a single organization, the asking questions, striving to understand is always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, kind of along those lines, the workforce shortage, some of the challenges, it's just been a really difficult area. How do you try to uh, approach that, like to keep people engaged and to kind of avoid the burnout? It's tough. Right. You know, these are definitely unprecedented times. And I, and I feel like we went through several phases of the pandemic, especially within healthcare. I think that first six to eight months, everyone was just like, it was very new. It was all hands on deck. And then we thought that we were through it. 
Yeah. And then it came back again. And then we thought that we were through it. So I think whenever you're going through something like that, and I think especially within IT and especially within healthcare, keeping people connected to the mission, I think is really important. So whether it's bringing patient stories and patients themselves into our IT town halls, yeah. bringing in guest speakers, encouraging folks to get out there to the front line. I think one of the big things has been really keeping people connected to the mission. Um, because I think in IT, there's a natural tendency to sometimes feel like you're not there, you know, kind of with the end user. And then if you're also now in a hybrid workforce, it can feel even more challenging. So I think really just doubling down on trying to keep people connected to the mission. And then also really trying to make sure that we're focused on, on people's development as well. Because I also think with change comes opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. And that can be different working models, new technologies that we're rolling out. If someone does happen to transition, what sort of opportunities does that create for others? Yeah. So I think also trying to really work with the team to also view change as an opportunity as well. Yeah. It's not, not always easy to do, but I guess it's No, really it's not. <laughs> you know, and kind of one of the big things has been being really purposeful with our time. One of the sayings that we've come to quote within Mainline is we meet with the people on our calendars about things on our calendars. So how do we create some of those opportunities? So the CMIO and I did a roundtable and we met with every single people leader within IT over the span of a couple of months in small groups and from different aspects of the organization. So they also got to meet with their peers, you know, in person over lunch and was just, you know, kind of a light informal session, but that wasn't going to happen organically just in the environment that we're in. So I always say there's going to be dozens and dozens of case studies that are going to be written about this time. And I think the organizations that will ring true are those that were the most purposeful. Doesn't mean that they're going to make every correct decision, but they had an idea, they had an intent, they had an approach, and they, you know, kind of thought through it. So I think those are, uh, those are important things to anchor through when you're in times of uncertainty and change. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely, it seems like the, these areas of leadership, something that that's a passion to you and really, yeah. you know, kind of making sure that, I don't know if, if it's that you read a lot, if you talk yeah. to people, but really just trying to uh, always be evolving in your philosophy. Yeah, no, I mean, leadership and IT, they are ever changing, mm -hmm. right? It's kind of one of those things and something, some things in IT change faster than others, but there's always the need to think about What's the new technology skill? What's the new project management skill? Yeah. What are kind of new things that are emerging, right? If, if we kind of go back in the time machine 10 years ago and we think about where cybersecurity and data analytics were then and kind of where they are now. So yeah. um, I do always say if, if you are concerned about changing, don't be an IT and it could be challenging to be a, a leader as well. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't make it easy, but it is kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned cyber, does that fall under you or how does it that does. Does that picture? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it does. And it's, it is cliche. It's one of the things that definitely keeps us up at night. And I think within healthcare as well, healthcare is in an interesting spot where we are large enough, big enough to attract attention. Mm -hmm. And we have a really complicated environment. When you think about both the physical and the virtual environment that we're in, whether it's the hospital side, the biomedical side, the different third-party systems that we leverage. So it, it's definitely one of the things that kind of keeps us up at night. And But at the end of the day, we try and turn it into a business conversation and into, and into a risk conversation because you can never 
you can never drive things down to zero in that space. We just try to make sure that we that we feel that we've got like the right common sense controls in place. Yeah. And then I think the other thing, spending a lot of time on really two things, end user education, because yeah. we feel that that's, that's a key front line for us. And then the other thing that keeps me up at night is any anywhere where we have what I'll call kind of legacy or out of date systems, right? So it's really trying to make sure like it's boring, but it's so important to try to stay up to date, whether it's patching, whether it's OS version, server version. So you're kind of keeping up to date and then really educating our end users. That's the foundation to me for a strong cybersecurity program. Yeah. I imagine that is tough though, really trying to push the user education, you know, when obviously there's so much that people are focused on right Right. now. Yeah, no. And like you're trying to balance the message of burnout as well as best practices and uh, hygiene. And again, to me, that gets back to the strong partnership that you have to build, right? That's when it comes in handy, whether it's with our CMIO office, whether it's with our other clinical leaders or different folks on the C-suite or candidly, even those on our board of directors, right? Just to try and let them know that we're making the best with the investment that we're making in uh, cybersecurity. Yeah. Everybody not knows. easy, not easy. No, yeah. no. And, you know, everyone knows that the cybersecurity dangers are out there, but sometimes it's really trying to uh, paint the picture that, you know, this is what happens if we're offline for oh, a, few yeah, no, um, a few days. Unfortunately, when you look at most of the attacks that are out there, Mm-hmm. it's been quite a bit of time. It's been very disruptive. So that that is what keeps me up at night the most. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that business disruption, that potential impact to patient care, that's the number one thing. Not that any of the other impacts are good. Yeah. Whether right. it's on the brand side or on the financial side or on the data privacy side, I don't mean to marginalize those by any stretch, mm-hmm. but I think the business disruption and the impact to patient care is kind of clearly the number one concern as it pertains to cyber, at least for me. And I can probably speak pretty confidently for most of my peers as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it seems every few years, there's one that's just dominates the headlines and just scares the living I mean, whatever I'm, out of you. I mean, Kate, unfortunately, I think it's more than every few years now. Yeah, I mean, no, you're like, right. You know, like we're almost numb to certain things, right? I, mm-hmm. I feel like we're almost numb to getting those emails that say so-and-so mm-hmm. had a data privacy incident, whether it's at work, whether it's outside of work. Mm-hmm. And so no, it's definitely a concern. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know that this is kind of a, a big question to end with, but just sure. wanted to, to ask about what do you really at a high level consider to be the biggest objectives for, for the coming year? Sure. Um, you know, I think the biggest objectives for a lot of health systems for the coming year, mainline included, clearly there is a unprecedented amount of challenge mm-hmm. in the healthcare kind of system and in the industry, right? It's you know, financial challenge, it's pandemic challenge. So to me, the biggest challenge is balancing that while also trying to innovate yeah. on the consumer side as well. So really kind of balancing that optimizing the day-to-day, keeping all the plates spinning while we're also trying to expand into different areas of growth and digital innovation. And I think actually one of the big things is not to view them as mutually exclusive things, Mm -hmm. but to really think about kind of how do they play together? Because it's very easy to be super focused on just the new shiny objects or how do I help everybody get through the day-to-day? So I Mm -hmm. think for the role of the CIO, 
one of the biggest challenges is how do I make sure that I'm wearing both those hats? And it's not always separately. It's also how am I bringing them together to make sure that the overall the overall focus is matching what the system needs. Yeah. Now, that's one of the biggest challenges. Also, one of the most exciting things. I feel like uh, if you look over the last 10 years, the IT organization has gone from the engine room to the boardroom in a lot of healthcare services and systems. And I feel like the recognition that technology is not just a, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, it was a necessary evil, but now I think people are starting to view it as a strategic differentiator. So it's also really exciting as well. Yeah. I like what you had said earlier about just recognizing that everything that organiza- healthcare organizations were doing during COVID and that's, yeah. that's big. So obviously no regrets for you jumping in during yeah. <laughs> that time. No, it, it, it has been really exciting. And I think for me, it's a little bit cliche, but it's one of those, you grow the most when you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so for those that are thinking about change and opportunity and kind of learning something new, I, I, I tend to always encourage people to be thinking about that because again, it is very cliche, but you know, it's definitely one of those you learn the most when you're uncomfortable. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.